It's the Auburn Observer Podcast, the weekend edition. Recording this on a Sunday morning. Hello, one and all. Justin Ferguson here in Auburn. Also joining me in Auburn, Dan Peck of the Dan Peck Multimedia Empire. Dan, uh, we're recording this on a Sunday morning. You texted us last night when you, we were getting ready to record or like planning to record that you'd been having a Byron's breakfast kick. So I want to know what's the order? What's the what's the order? What is the Dan Peck order at Byron's for for breakfast? Went went uh, went a couple of weeks ago with my dad after he ran the the five k here in uh, here in Auburn the, the the one that that starts either starts or ends or maybe both at at Jordan Hare Stadium. Um, you know I'm I'm getting the you know your standard you know your standard two egg plate right your your, your standard you know the 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 traditional the, your breakfast plate the biscuit the the potatoes. I think the link sausage is is my favorite of the proteins on the board. I got no I got no issue with people who want to get biscuits and gravy when they're there. I, I you know I, I like to put some of the stuff from my plate in the biscuit. I, I waver between uh, over medium or scrambled. Uh, lately, I, you know the order the order is uh, is is scrambled. Uh, I think with the eggs, but uh, no, it's it's a. Uh, uh, it's that that's that's just you, you can't you can't go wrong right justin with your uh with your order from a place like that also joining us painter sharpless and another man who knows his way around a byron's painter one how are you two what you, what was what was your byron's order when you when you lived here i think my order was probably pretty similar to dan's i definitely want to make sure there are grits involved somewhere i think dan said links i'd probably go bacon but yeah, I mean, yeah, I knew you were going bacon. Dan's order was excellent. I'll I'll say that much. Dr- drive sponsor Byron's uh, Smokehouse. But by, by hey. the way, ha- happy to uh, happy to have them in the fold, folks. We're here to talk some basketball and a lot of basketball because we got an Auburn basketball game to recap. We got an Auburn basketball game to look ahead to. We got a last week of the regular season to look ahead to, and uh, it's spring break, so. No football news to discuss. Uh, no football news this week. This will be, you know, that we know of. Uh, this will be a whole lot of basketball, a whole lot of hoops here as we get rolling. Appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. Let's get it going here. Auburn taking on Mississippi State Saturday afternoon, early evening, whatever you want to call it, and taking care of business. Uh, Seventy-eight to sixty-three. Uh, Dan and I were in the building for this one, um, and I know Painter, you were watching along, at, watching along at home. Uh, Dan, the first thing that popped out to me about this game uh, from the from the jump was this could have easily been a letdown spot for Auburn. You know, you get that big that that big game against Tennessee, and you fall short, and you're out of probably out of conference tur- you know conference title contention at that point. And you got a quick turnaround, and Mississippi State's got an extra day ahead of you. And State's already beaten you before, and it's a physical team, a tough team. We talked about the challenges going in. On top of that, it's spring break. The student crowd is not as full as usual. They have to bring down fans from from the from the upper levels to to fill out the the jungle, which it happens. You know, not not a not not the worst thing in the world to happen. There, I, I thought the rest of the crowd did really, really well, uh, and was and was loud throughout. Um, it was an easy letdown opportunity, and Auburn's got a new starting five out there: Aiden Holloway, 
Dever Jones, Chad Baker, Mazar, Jalen Williams back in the starting lineup. Really cool to see him get the the big ovation. Uh, him back in the starting five, and then Jani Broom, of course. And they got off to a great start and never looked back. Uh, they were up. Auburn was up six nothing uh, out of the gates before uh, Mississippi State scored their first bucket. They're up twenty to seven at the under at the under twelve timeout. They're up by nineteen late in the first half. Uh, they go halftime up by 17. State cuts it to seven uh, is the closest they get the rest of the way. And then Auburn responds with a quick 8-0 run. And uh, they're up double digits the rest of the way. Win 78-63. I mean, this is wire to wire. And uh, Bruce Pearl had talked all week about, or the last couple of days, about how he thought this was going to be a close game, a tough game for Auburn. And uh, they took they took the win out of state sales early, which I was... I'm not going to say I was surprised by Dan, but I, I I thought that was super notable with the way this could have gone. If this game had started with uh, Mississippi State playing extremely well, uh, I think it it would have been sort of the recipe for not an upset, but a game that's really close down the stretch. Instead, State was constantly trying to play comeback. They missed 17 of their first 19 shots. They only had 12 points with about three minutes left in the first half and uh, to me that stretch that you just mentioned at the end there Justin where when state did cut it to seven in the second half so often uh if if you if if you trail by 18 or 20 or more and you're able to get it down to single digits in the second half that especially when when there's time remaining you know enough time remaining you can uh you, you can you know that, that's 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 how you pull off a big road upset is, is just by you know whittling it down and then and then sort of stealing it at the end auburn as as soon as the thing got into uh into the danger zone as soon as the lead was cut down into single digits and state scored to, to cut it to seven like you said auburn responds with an 8-0 run and uh and, and keeps it at arm's length so no, i thought a really a really impressive performance Especially defensively early on, and as mm-hmm. Janai, and as Janai Broom said, uh, you know he he had to really come out and play well because th- this is one of the tougher matchups he's going to have all, all season long underneath with uh, with, with Tolu Smith. Yeah, I mean, Painter. Like, I, I guess my question to you to kind of get us going is like, how impressed were you with this team to their ability to bounce back in, in this situation? Because. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of things. I'm not going to say going against them. I mean, they were still a sizable favorite heading into this matchup, but like there was a lot of stuff that you could say this game could have kind of gone sideways on them, and yet they never really let it get to that point. Everything you've said is true. I will say not very surprised. This team has delivered against this quality of opponent all year long. I think the big thing for Auburn right now is their shooting. As I wrote yesterday, I originally got the first stat wrong. So if you saw it on Twitter, I'm sorry. I got it wrong. Auburn has now shot better than 40% or better from their from deep in three straight games. And Bruce Pearl has really harped on, you got to start hitting shots. You got to get hot late. He talked about the 2019 team and how when they got hot towards the end of the season, it just carried them the rest of the way. Three straight games of 40% or better from deep. That has not happened for Auburn since 2017, November 2017. So the year they won the SEC and broke out, the three times they the three games they did that in though, th- the opponents that they were playing, 
that year were Hofstra, Winthrop, and Dayton. Okay, so the fact that Auburn is doing this against Georgia, who's kind of falling apart, but it's still Georgia. Georgia away from home, Tennessee away from home, and now Mississippi State at home. Mississippi State, one of the best three-point defenses in the country this year. They're holding opponents to under 30% from deep. That is huge because if they can keep it going, I'm not saying you have to shoot 40% every game, but if you can be in that ballpark of 35 36%, maybe a little higher, from game to game, if you are somebody that you know that you can roll out there and in a tournament game or away from home, you can hit seven, eight, nine, ten threes like that. It changes so much about this basketball team. And I think the big thing here, Dan, is it, it's not just the fact that everybody's hitting shot, you know, that Auburn's hitting shots. It's who they're getting it from. You know, Aiden Holloway didn't take a three all game, only took one shot in this one. Jalen didn't hit a three. Trey Dawson didn't hit a three, but Three of five from Denver Jones, two of two from Chaney Johnson, and then Janai Broom, Chad Baker Mazzard, Katie Johnson, and Leo Berman all hit threes in this one. You could see how it could get even better. And this was, I mean, they hit, they almost hit half their threes in, in, in a game. And that is crazy good, um, especially against, again, against a Mississippi State defense that um, makes life really difficult on shooters. It's crazy to think that in two full seasons of SEC play, the the Jared Harper, Bryce Brown, Chuma Okiki, Auburn team uh, never had Samir on that on the second year. Like they never had a three game stretch in conference play where they they hit three they hit forty percent of their three pointers. When, when when this Auburn team is, and this is true of most Bruce Pearl teams, but I think it's especially true of this group when when they're shooting. You know when when the when the field goal percentage starts with a four or a five, and the three point field goal percentage starts with a four, on on top of what they do defensively, like it is so difficult to beat a team, this team shooting the ball like that. You have to do you have to you have to play so well, and your and your back your reserves have to play well uh, because you probably have to go to your bench against this group, and and we've seen this team. Uh, yeah, yeah, with with a couple of performances now, even even one that was a a loss in Knoxville, this team is is shooting the ball so well down the stretch, and that's important because you you know the when the way this team shot the ball when it seemed like it was an issue, like that that probably won't get it done in the postseason, especially in this year's SEC or or in in this NCAA tournament field when this team is shooting and, and when they're shooting like they've like they've shot the ball lately that they they resemble a one seed or a two seed you know one of these teams I think right now Auburn has the seventh best odds to make the final four of any team in college basketball and and that's better better odds than better odds than Alabama better odds than Kentucky the only team in the SEC uh in in the in the betting market with better odds to make the final four than Auburn is Tennessee. Uh, but but if you're one of the top seven or eight teams in the betting, you know, rounding into the final week of the regular season, if you're one of the top seven or eight teams in the betting market to make the final four, it's a reflection of how credible you are mm-hmm. and and what your team can do. And and yeah, that's that's where Auburn finds themselves uh, with with two games left. Uh, not not to mention they've won. What was the stat that uh, they they've won more games by ten plus points? Than any team, than anybody in, in the country, yeah. any team in Division One college basketball this year. 
All of their wins this year have come by double digits, which is a crazy stat. Um, but also it's like no one else is doing this. And it's not a perfect comparison, obviously, because they were really good, you know, for most of the year last year, but um it is kind of resembling UConn because UConn last season just beat the brakes off of everybody they played. They lost a close game in the Big East Conference Tournament to Marquette last year, and then they went on this just unholy tear in the NCAA Tournament as a four seat. Now, I'm not saying that Auburn is going to go do that. It's really, really difficult. UConn was awesome last season, but it's the balance. It's the fact that when they're on, they can throttle teams. That That's really, really... You know, that's really, really key. When we talk about the shooting also, um, Tanner, we talked this season about like expectations and like, is this team who we thought they could be, you know, in the preseason? I think we're seeing that now. Auburn, we'll talk a little bit more about the the tournament later on uh, as we get closer, you know, closer. We're, we're going to talk some big picture stuff with SEC and, and all that heading in the final week of the season, but uh, I saw Josh Dub retweeted this guy. I want to make sure I get his name right. Uh, Matt Hackman. He ran a bunch of he ran like simulations uh, and kind of probabilities about um, the end of the regular season. Auburn's got a seventy eight percent chance of getting a double buy in Nashville. Fifty seven percent chance of getting the number three seed uh, there. That's kind of where we thought. Hey, if all, if things click for Auburn this year, that's that's where they're going to be. You know, we we've talked about that and we've talked about yeah, maybe not a championship team, but in the mix and that's where you want to be another area that we talked about all preseason was seems to be able to shoot the ball better chad baker mazara uh dever jones um you know aiden holloway and i don't know i always hadn't always worked for aiden but and now we're seeing it from everybody else and this quote from bruce i think says it all he said i think about our conversations about this team this summer on the heels of last year's team that didn't shoot it very well we all thought this was a good shooting team we all did my emphasis on the guys right now is it's March. It's time to make shots, not take shots. Uh, that's a bar right there from from Bruce Pearl. Uh, but yeah, like apparently we we talked about it. We said we thought this team had the capability to be a lot better as a shooting team. And you kind of like as we get closer to March, I think that's the thing where it's like maybe this might be a little different for Auburn in the postseason, not just the SEC tournament, the NCAA tournament. Because these guys are these guys are starting to hit hit shots. This is the best three point shooting team Auburn's had since the Final Four team. Like that's that that means a lot. Not to completely veer off from the point that you just set me up for, it is also um, amusing to me that we spent a lot of the offseason talking about how this offense would likely take a step forward, but that there were some questions regarding the defense and all the defense has done has uh, largely been one of the best in the country. Speaking of statistics, would you please um, let people know for the glass half full folks out there, where does Auburn sit in Ken Palm's luck rating? Oh, that's a great one, Painter. In luck, Auburn is 339th. And what luck basically boils down to is like, here's how you played. Here's what your record is. Here's here's how far off you sh- you should be or you know, how, like, how, how should your record be compared to how you play? And the lower the number, the worse the luck is just like, yeah, it's kind of, you, you've had, you've had a little bit tough. And so this year for Auburn, they're 339th, which is the worst, second worst in the SEC. Um, 
Missouri's Missouri's dead last, many, which kind of makes divi- sense. How many Division One schools are there these days? What are you if you're dead last? What are you three hundred and fifty? Three hundred and sixty-two or three sixty-two? Three sixty-two. Okay. So what it says is is that Auburn and and, and it makes sense, right? Auburn is six in Ken Palm. Um, I, I I tweeted out this morning like no, I tried coming to up do our, most of- our podcast series next year three sixty-two for three sixty-two <laughs> where we preview every single every single Division One team. Uh, yes. in the uh, in preparation for next season. Yeah. Uh Haslametrics, they're fourth. T rank fifth. Ken Palm six. Evan Maya six. They're six in net now. They're BPI for ESPN has them at six. They're all that. And then you look at their schedule and you're like, oh, but they're 22 and seven. There are teams with better records. There are a bunch of teams with better records than them this year. Well, that's part of it, right? Um I'll give you a great example of luck, right? Your luck rating being down is going to Tennessee and 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 scoring eighty four points but losing, like that's 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 an example of luck, right? And you and you run into a buzzsaw like Dalton Connect was, um, and and, and you fall, right? You know, another one is holding Alabama to seventy nine points in Coleman and losing, right? Another one is, you know, not being able to hit a thing against App State. And losing, but like, you know, playing Baylor early in the year, scoring 82 on Baylor and losing like that helps your. Meanwhile, you the, the team that you are is the team that we were talking about, like like what Dan said, all 22 of their wins this year have come by double digits like that's it's insane there. I think they have 20 or 21 wins this year that have come by 15 or more like that's we're getting it like that's more of a metric. I know people will look at the losses this year for Auburn and say, well, can they do it against this and this against a big team, you know, X, Y, and Z. For the most part, this Auburn basketball team has been really, really good for most of the year, and the numbers back them up on this. And the quad one, look, can I let you in on a little secret? Can I let you in, Auburn fans, on something that you want to you wanna, you wanna know? Quad, we can talk about the quadrants, and it's like how much different is the 30th ranked team to the 32nd ranked team in net, and does that really matter? But okay, this is what the, the selection committee cares about, so we've got to care about it, so here you go. Let me let you in on a little secret. Right now, Auburn's quad, quad one record is one and seven, okay? Not great, but it is what it is. Mississippi State is 32nd in net. If they get Two spots between now and Selection Sunday. They can just go up two more spots, which, you know, it won't be easy. That's a quad one win for Auburn. What happened yesterday becomes a quad one win for Auburn. Also, if Mrs. if Ole Miss gets up three spots, again, not the easiest thing in the world, but possible, between now and Selection Sunday, that's another quad one win. That would get Auburn to three and seven in quad one games. Okay? Why is three and seven... Why does three and seven matter? Anybody want to guess what Alabama's quad one schedule record is this year? It's three and eight. So again, I know Auburn fans, you've gotten it from Alabama fans online on your ah, quad one record. That you are very close to having pretty much an identical quad one record to Alabama, right? Now Alabama's, I believe Alabama's next game is a quad one game. They got to play Florida. In, in Gainesville, that'll be one of the Arkansas definitely won't be a quad one at home to end, end the regular season. But again, this is why we sit here and talk about like you can pick and choose anything to kind of diminish Auburn's accomplishments or maybe overinflate them. Fact of the matter is, yes, they're one and seven in quad one play. That's a bit of bad luck. That's a bit of 
not taking advantage of opportunities, but also like we're talking very, very close for it to be in like, okay, they're fine. And then on top of that, quad two, quad three, quad four, they're undefeated. They don't have a bad loss. Even the App State game is not a bad loss. All right, because because App State's a top 70 team right now this year. And they're and they they won the Sun Belt. I think that it was one of the best seasons, Dan, any anybody's ever had in the Sun Belt in terms of regular season. Like I think they only lost like one or two games. Well, it's wild um, to think that Auburn's played twenty nine games. You know, I think the game the game this week, the midweek game will be game thirty on the on the regular season schedule. And one of Auburn's eight quad one games is the road game at the Sun Belt team. Right, like at, at App State is one of the is isn't that still one of the eight uh that's 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 one of the eight quad one games. Like that's that that's a shocking mm-hmm. like to, to me. I mean, and and yes, I think even Seth Davis this uh, th- this morning as we record this had a lot of engagement on a tweet pointing out that Auburn only had one quad one win with with the final week of the regular season upon us. But uh, yeah, I think I think it's nuanced. You know, as as we pointed out on a previous episode, Auburn only played two home quad one games. Right, one and one and one in in those. In those, uh, okay. in those, well, in those and, games. I, and I wrote about it on the mailbag on on Saturday because you know it was a really good question about like, do you think they're gonna like get a tougher non-con schedule next year because of that? Number one, Maui looks like it's gonna be insane next year. Um, that Maui field that Auburn's gonna be a part of uh, has North Carolina, UConn, and Iowa State. Those are all top ten teams right now. Michigan State, Dayton, and Colorado are all top thirty. Memphis is the only is the odd man out there. They're going to play good teams in Maui. Uh, additionally, you look at it. USC would have been a quad one game last year, and USC's awful this season. A trip to Arkansas is almost guaranteed to be quad one every year, and it's not because this is the worst Arkansas year in a while. All right, they also. Quad one last season when they played Memphis and Atlanta, they get Indiana. Well, it just so happens Indiana's let everyone down this year. That's a quad three game. Also, last year, West Virginia was a quad one game in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. When they go to the ACC-SEC, they get Virginia Tech at home. That's only quad two. Like, it's just kind of bad breaks right now. And so, yes, the Seth Davises of the world will sit up there and tell you from their CBS desk, they will sit there and tell you, yeah, man, I don't know what we're going to do with Auburn here. Like, it's, you know, the, that quad one record's not crazy. But there's a reason why the rankings like Auburn the way they do is because they take care of business and go above and beyond doing that more often than not. And I'm sure, I am sure, let me go ahead and mark this one down for you because I know how this works. Auburn's going to get their seed in the NCAA tournament. It's probably going to be a four. Could be a three. They could get hot and I get think, a three. I think Lenardi actually has Auburn as the top five seed on the board could happen uh, going going into this morning yeah i mean I, well, most people have him as a four right and i'm not going to just single out lenardi because he's okay he's not he's not one of the better bracket folks but he works for the biggest network would you would you be surprised if if tennessee kentucky alabama and auburn were all a four seed or better because that's a lot of representation at the top in the sec lenardi right now has Tennessee as a two, he's got Kentucky and Alabama as fours, and he's got Auburn as a five. Yeah, I'm not buying Auburn as a five right now, especially with the way the rest of it is. But yeah, I could see all of them being being four seeds or higher. I definitely could for sure. Um, anyway, I'm gonna say like it's gonna be Auburn's gonna probably get a four, and 
I should mention that's before that's before Tennessee. He had not factored in Alabama losing at home to Tennessee when he had them as a four seed and Auburn as a five either. Did yeah, he, no, he did. He hadn't updated that's, his. That's yeah. That's sad. That's as of Saturday morning. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah no. Um, I'll I'll go back through and scrape. Um, you know, heading into Monday probably. Um, from Bracket Matrix, I they're going to get a four seed or something like that, and there are going to be seven million people. Who, including folks like Seth Davis, who will go up there and say, "This is our upset pick." Auburn, Auburn can't get it done. And it's like, okay, well, they're not playing a quad. Like you know, like they play Sanford. That's not a that's not a crazy tough team. You know, if you're going to knock Auburn for losing games against really tough opponents, well, Sanford, App State, those teams are good. Those are really really good basketball teams. But on a neutral floor, it's not the same as playing, you know, Tennessee on the road or something like that. So I'm just again, just go ahead and get that. Out of your system. Back to this game. Back to this game specifically. Auburn winning by 15. Talked a lot about the offense. Let's talk about the defense. Because Mississippi State missed their first three shots, then hit one. They missed two more, and then got a Josh Hubbard three. Then they missed 12 straight. They were two of 19 to start the game. Okay? Um... They didn't get it on a run until late in the first half, and even then, Auburn was was completely in control of the game. They didn't hit consecutive shots from the field until the two forty two mark of the first half, and this is significant not just not because like you can look on paper and say, well, Mississippi State's not a great offense this year, a pretty good offense, but they're not great. Mississippi State, as we talked about, had scored eighty three at Ole Miss against Ole Miss, eighty seven at LSU, and eighty nine in a home loss to Kentucky. And then Auburn came in and choked him out for most of the first half. Tolu Smith was one of five from the field. Josh Hubbard was one of six from the field. Auburn made it really, really difficult for their two best guys to get the ball where they wanted. They pressured. They denied Tolu Smith the opportunities to get the ball. They they were in Josh Hubbard's shirt for most of that uh, first half. Denver Jones had a phenomenal game defending. I thought Katie Johnson, when he was in the game, did well defending. Everybody did a really good job in there. But the fact that Auburn can throw, like when you talk about a matchup moving forward, where it's like, oh, this team's got a really good center. The thing with Auburn is not just that they have Jani Broom, who played really well in this game and did a great job on Tully Smith. It's that they have Jani Broom and Dylan Cardwell. Not very many teams have two big experience centers that they can just hammer away at a, at a really good big man for 40 minutes and and come away with it. This defense went and, and you know their half court defense got skinned, you know, by Dalton Connect earlier in the week. Um there were some other games recently where the defense wasn't quite super elite. But this game, Dan, like this game right here Auburn's defense, like, this is a clinic. This is a clinic of how to slow down an offense that was feeling good. And Chris Jans has got some good offensive tricks up his sleeve, as Bruce Pearl said after the game. And Hubbard had been had scored 30-plus in back-to-back games. And Tolu Smith is an all-SEC center. Cam Matthews is a really good good matchup. Shaquille uh, Moore is a really tough player as well who can get high from deep. This Auburn defense, like, again, the bigger storyline development thing for Auburn this year is that towards down the stretch they're looking like a better shooting team. That's super important. But I mean, again, this Auburn team, number one in the country in effective field goal percentage on defense. They're a top six, you know, defense on Kempom. This this when they are when they are firing on all cylinders, this team gets really, really scary. Cause again, like I just said, 
Mississippi State had been scoring at will these last few games, and they they got nothing for most of that first half against Auburn. Yeah, and a lot of what they could get was in the paint, but it felt like it was all like it was it was very tough. They had to work really hard uh, to, uh, especially in the first half, to score around the basket. And when you couple that with uh, the three point shot not falling, that's how you have that's how you have twelve points with with three minutes left. In a uh, in in a first half, and it's so hard, uh, you know. E- even though State did make it a more competitive game in the second half, it's it's so hard on the road against a high quality team, a top fifteen, top twenty team nationally, wherever wherever you think Auburn slots in. Um, it's it's tough to come back after having an offensive performance uh, that stagnant for for that that long. You know, 15, 17 minutes where, where you're just scoring 10, 12 points as a team. Like it's it's tough to overcome that and do enough uh, in, in the you know in in the other the other 22 minutes of the game uh, to to make a to make a difference and and state state really aside from you know aside from that aside from that run they went on where they where they got it down to seven um, and and you know the Auburn. You know the 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 Auburn fans were getting in, increasingly frustrated with uh, with 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 some of the calls in that game, and and some of the players were getting frustrated to the point where Chad Baker Mazzara uh, puts his hands behind his back for for that 10, was great for ten seconds on a all timer on, on a defensive possession because he you know a little little civil civil disobedience from uh you know from from uh, uh Chad uh, there to uh. Uh, to 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 make his to make his point, but yeah, for Auburn to to hold off a team, I mean, to to force a team, you know, we we talk about it all the time. Like if you're going to pull off an upset, the the formula so often is the team, the the underdog needs to really outplay the other team early on and and build up some padding, you know, pad the lead before depth starts to kick in and before the better team can show in the second half why they're the better team and state had it was the opposite like i mean yeah. states states start you know put them put them behind the eight ball early on and they and they really never aside from you know being able to being able to cut it to seven they really never recovered no and and yeah chad putting his hands behind the ba- his back this was such a this was such a chad game he had that circus shot early on. Really good. He had four assists, few rebounds. Um, was pretty efficient, you know, with it with his shot. Also, had the tech for throwing the ball, uh, had four turnovers. You you just gotta take the highs with the lows sometimes with him. And it's Thro- kind of funny. Throwing the, throwing the ball is not simple disobedience. Just no. as a draw draw the draw contrast. It is kind of funny, like Chad. Like we, it, you would compare Chad to KD a lot, and I think Chad's had more of the, and he's he's been awesome recently. Chad has more of the the like rough kind of stretches at times, or plays where it feels like KD's kind of cut down on those, just because he's been a more experienced and kind of calmer player this year. Uh, but you know, obviously, really really good game for Auburn. Nineteen assists on twenty eight made baskets. By the way, this Auburn's Auburn's assist rate continues to be phenomenal. And how about we have we've gotten this long without without saying it, and it's it's, it's a shame because it is one of the storylines of the game. Trey Donaldson six assists, zero turnovers. It had been a rough few games for Trey in the box score. hadn't hit a shot in a while. He had two really good mid range pull ups that he knocked down. He really commanded the floor well. I think in the fast break, he is such a weapon. 
And Auburn moved him to the bench, not because, you know, they thought he was playing poorly or, you know, that, you know, anything kind of crazy. It was the fact that Trey Donaldson plays better when he's got uh, Dylan Carwell on the floor with him. And Aiden Holloway plays better when he's got Janai on the floor with him. And they so they run with that combo. Aiden doesn't really do a whole lot in this game offensively, but I thought it was one of his better defensive games of the year. Trey Donaldson, by the way, meanwhile, just does a lot of the playmaking that you need, takes care of the ball. If Auburn could get good, I mean, I'm not saying when you have a healthy Jalen Williams and you have a healthy Janai Broom and you have depth in the front court and you've got a plenty of shooters and you got Chaney Johnson playing with confidence and you got Denver Jones playing with confidence, you don't need your point guards to be supermen, even in the postseason. But if they can play well like this, it changes so much for you. But yeah, I thought both of those guys did a really good job. And then in the second half, Dan, like that was the thing. Well, I mean, I, I wonder how it looked. I was gonna say, I'll tell you how it looked on in in the arena. But Painter on TV, the Hubbard hitting those shots in the second half, it kind of felt a little connecty all over again. Where it's just like, all right, well, you know, what 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 are you what are you supposed to do? And the fact that Auburn played <laughs> probably the only two guys in the SEC that can go insane like that from from deep. Uh, in back-to-back games, kind of tough, but at least for Auburn in this one, Hubbard's was just a lot, you know, a lot of too little, too late. It's crazy that, that dude's a freshman. It's crazy that, that dude's a freshman because Auburn had a really hard time <laughs> slowing him down in the second half, but it was okay. I gotta say, man, I feel like there's a pretty good chance he's not on Mississippi State's team next year. Yeah, he's a Mississippi kid, so that makes me wonder a little bit. And if they make the NCAA tournament and they feel like they're building something there, maybe. But man. If you talk about NIL and maximizing your opportunities, if you do a little uh if you if if you do a little portal shopping this this uh off season, like that's a that's a kid that, you know, and Auburn's set at at point guard moving forward, right? You know, they've got they've got Aiden Holloway, they've got Trey Donaldson, and now they're bringing in Todd Pettiford, who was, you know, um honored at halftime. They brought him out and they gave him the big ovation, uh not a half was it halftime? It was during a it was at some point during the game. Sorry, I'm I'm blanking on on all that there, but you know, they're they're good at point guard for a while. But a five ten kid who can hit from anywhere and it's just a is just a gunner, and when he gets hot, is it, it goes it goes he goes off. That's a Bruce Pearl player. I don't think Auburn needs him, and I don't think Auburn would would like deeply go after him if, if he somehow hopped. I again I think he's I think he's a state guy, but yeah, five ten. And that might be a generous five ten as well. Like might be a little generous of five ten, as all heights are in 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 uh, in sports. I mean, it's combine week. We're seeing how many of these guys are actually what they are listed. Uh, you know, when they when they get out there. But yeah, it, it, he he's fun. He's super super fun to watch. And and it's just another example of you know everybody in the league's got somebody you feel like you got to watch out for. This isn't a program in Mississippi State that's had a ton of of big time freshman production over the years, either. That this is, I think, that's the best freshman season anybody's had there in decades. The one that that Hubbard is having right now. So you never know in college basketball. I'd love it, like you said, Justin. He's a Mississippi kid. I'd love it if he stayed and had th- this phenomenal career at Mississippi State. I wouldn't blame anybody for testing the waters and, and seeing what the market has for him. And if if he thinks that leaving gives him not just a better chance uh, to to maximize his his value, but a better chance to win a conference or national championships, 
you know, I, I can't blame him for, uh, for, for seeing, uh, what, what's out there, but it would be, it would be a great story if he stayed at Mississippi state and had a, a story, you know, a, a, a decorated Mississippi state basketball career. We had that discussion the other day where it was like, who's the, who's the, who's the guy that you think about when you think of Mississippi state basketball and it's hard to figure that figure that answer. They've had some really, really good teams. Jarvis, it's Jarvis, right? I think it's Jarvis, right? Yeah. And and some people will point out some guys from back in the day, way before my time, that had great careers and great NBA careers as well. But I I'm going with I'm going with Jarvis there. Uh guys, anything else we want to add to uh the Mississippi State game before we move on? I just when you take a team in a tough spot and you go I, I might say I might say Eric Dampier. By the yeah, way, that Eric, was the other Eric, one. Yeah, that Eric, was another Eric, one. Yeah, Eric Dampier was a, a, a long, long time pro, uh, frequent target of Stephen A. Smith, and uh, <laughs> and, and somebody who uh, yeah was uh, was an excellent excellent player at uh, at, at state in the nineties. Auburn scored thirty nine in both both halves of these game. This game um, did a really good job in the first half on defense. You know, this again, like I said, this could have easily been a letdown opportunity. Get us said the crowd might not have been in it as much. X, Y, and Z. Let's let Auburn takes care of business there and uh 15 point win against a good team. And again, if you get a little bit of help that could end up being a quad one game for you. Um, third toughest team on paper that played in Neville this year uh, behind Alabama, and Kentucky like that. Like this is a really good high quality win. And um, you know, I think if you're going to try to you know be like the Seth Davises of the world and try to pet, you know, knock Auburn down a peg this weekend, you're doing it based on, other things that happened. It's not based on what happened this weekend because what happened this weekend was a really good win and a really good performance from the time. What was what was that last stat? This is the this is the third best team to play at Neville Arena. Yes, Sierra this season. Or? Yeah, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty good um, you know. And then on paper, I mean, you can look. Uh, let's see if you look at it on paper this year for Auburn. So they're ahead of are they ahead of South Carolina in some of the uh-huh. metrics because you got because uh-huh. uh, that's 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 the surprise to me is that yep. for all the attention South Carolina is getting and and South Carolina has been better in conference than Mississippi State yeah uh, but 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 state state did enough before the league and they, and they picked up enough wins to uh, uh to be ahead of I mean state is I don't think I think state talked, and miss state and Florida are about all, even in a lot of the metric metrics so that's we, the caliber team you're looking at right here you know we we said and, and and I might I might back off this a little bit that if state is an eight nine in the NCAA tournament uh that they could be a bad matchup for 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 a one seed I kind of I don't know this year if they have the kind of horses to to beat you know, one of the five or, or eight best teams in all of college basketball on a neutral floor, especially a neutral floor that sort of favors the the higher seeded team. You know, some something sort of geographically preferential uh, to that team. Like you just you just mentioned Florida. Like I would I would think Florida's a more dangerous team as a as a seven seed or an eight seed uh, to to make a run to the second weekend than Mississippi state, but state does have a big, that can be matchup. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be a matchup problem for some folks. And Chris Jans is not afraid to have his team just launch from three and, Dude, and, try, and try to Hubbard, shoot Hubbard, Hubbard looks like one of those guys who could get hot in March. And you just, you're like, he becomes like a tournament guy. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, in the, in the mix for that. Really good win for Auburn. We're going to look ahead to the Missouri game and then talk some talk some SEC ball here to wrap it up. Before we do that, though, let's take care of some business. 
Hi, everyone. If you like this show and you want more of it, you get twice as much if you subscribe to the Auburn Observer. You also get all of uh, the writing, so all of mailbags, post-game observations, uh, all the newsletters, football, basketball, everything we've got at auburnobserver.com. Sign up. It's $6 a month or $60 a year to join. It's the best time of the year to join because you get a ton of stuff right now between the two major sports here at Auburn. We'll have a ton of coverage for you there, and we'll have you know, not only the newsletters, but the podcast as well. So if you like it and you want more of it, it's the easiest way to do it. Uh, just throw us a few bucks a month, and uh, we will give you something pretty much every day of the week uh, when it comes to Auburn sports. Painter, how else can the folks at home help us out? Please take a few seconds to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Helps us out a ton. Uh, we really, really appreciate all of the uh, all of the love there. We still got to do the uh, we still got to do the remember some Auburn basketball guys at some point. That might be something we do later this week. We might we might kind of pencil that one in since this is a little a lower football time with with spring break. We got to we got to do that. But we shout out to everybody who uh, gives us five stars and and leaves us a review wherever they can find your podcast. Helps us out a ton. Like Painter said. Also, folks. HomeFiddleApparel.com, the number one place to buy collegiate apparel. Um, you've got a ton of great Auburn stuff on there. I- I'm looking at, you know, the fact that we don't cover um we don't cover baseball, you know, super up close on this here program. Uh, we tell you all the time, go read the work of Jason Caldwell, Brian Matthews, uh, Adam Cole. Uh, I think Rich Silva's doing a, a lot of baseball this year as well. Jason Jason was doing play-by-play. He was yeah, doing the no, color. J- the dean J- of Auburn baseball, Jason Caldwell. Jason was doing the color for the games in Jacksonville. It was cool to uh, cool to hear, hear him on the radio uh, doing the. Uh, he's done, and I believe he's done some work uh, with the Auburn Sports uh, uh, Network before. Uh, but he was uh, yeah hearing hear him at excellent excellent so, you know, f- fits right in with uh, with Auburn's baseball coverage on the radio. There's some really good Auburn baseball stuff on uh, on home field you you look at the the orange script shirt you look at the the powder blue bo jackson era ones there's some really cool just all be swinging baseball bat designs like a lot of cool stuff even got a cool powder blue auburn hat at homefieldapparel.com you can also get the official auburn observer t-shirt just go to homefield apparel type in uh, uh, auburn observer in the little search bar and uh, you will find us there and folks it, it, it's about that time uh, third month mania. It's the best time of year for home field apparel. Um, I'm looking at their schedule right now. They've got a whole lot of stuff coming. Um, looks like looks like Saturday the ninth they're going to have a basketball tea sale. Mystery fleece day uh, is 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 March the tenth. They're dropping jerseys at some point this year. Shooting shirts, hat, or I'm sorry, this month they're restocking bomber jackets. And then uh, on selection Sunday in a couple weeks. They're gonna do their subscription box. I did this last year. If you like home field stuff and like you just like just want home field t-shirts and you don't really care who uh, who you get, they have a they have a thing where you they will send you a shirt for each weekend of the tournament with a team that's still in it. It was a great deal. I loved it. Um, I will probably jump on that again. So homefieldapparel.com, check it out. We appreciate uh, Connor and the gang for con- continuing to support what we do here at the Observer, especially with those t-shirts. Uh, that uh, that with the Observer logo on them. We appreciate that very, very much. 
All right, gentlemen. Auburn heads into we, we we set this for a while now. They head into a final week of the season where compared to pretty much everybody else in the SEC, I'm not saying they can take it easy because you can't take anything easy in this league. But you can at least say, wow, at least this is not a brutal finish. Um, when you look at Auburn trying to lock down a top four seed, not only in the SEC tournament, get that double by, but potentially a top four seed in the NCAA tournament, which puts you in the best, most favorable position to make it to the second weekend of the tournament. This is what you want right here. On the road against Missouri, who, if you haven't seen, Missouri is 0-16 uh, in conference play. They have lost 19 of their last 20 games. Um, and then they play Georgia to wrap it up on Saturday. We'll talk more about that when we get closer. But Georgia losing, only scoring 56. They shot 43s and missed a ton of them against, uh, against A&M at home uh, Saturday night. Uh, and, uh, Justin, there are, there are really good seats available on the secondary market for the Auburn Missouri game for like 20 bucks. So if you wanted to if you wanted if you to snag get, yourself if, if you, you wanted if you can get to, if you can get to Columbia Missouri rather easily, which is not always the easiest thing to do, but you're credentialed, but if you wanted if you wanted to sit courtside, it would only cost you 20 bucks or so to uh to grab yourself one of those seats instead because it is uh yeah, it, it's I I was surprised by I mean I get it it's midweek, might be spring break for Missouri too. I don't know, um, but it, the, yeah, there's. I mean, it, they're also and they're zero and sixteen in conference play, and uh, tickets will be readily available for a team when they lose sixteen straight league games, as uh, as as Missouri, as as Missouri has. So yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there, Justin. Maybe put on an observer shirt and uh, and, and sit courtside uh, for us and uh, get some get some viral marketing in yeah, there. Snag us some TV time. So. Let's talk about the Missouri Tigers. Let's talk about how wrong I was about Missouri this year, as 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 many of us were. So Missouri last season, um, you may remember them from such hits as making the NCAA tournament, beating Tennessee uh, in uh, in in Nashville. Um, you know, playing very well, going twenty five and ten, having one of the best offenses in America last year. You may also remember Auburn beating them by thirty three. Or 43, sorry. I can't do math. Beating them by... No, 33. I got it right the first time. Um, beating them by 33 at home on Valentine's Day. This season, it was like, okay, what do you what do you have for... What do you have for an encore here, uh, Dennis Gates? You came in and you did such a great job with your first season in Columbia. What's up next? Missouri was picked to finish ninth in the league. Which would have you is like, yeah, they've got they got some dudes to replace, but you're thinking maybe this will be this will be something something a little different. They, they could be in the tournament hunt this year. They started the year seven and two. They had a really good win on the road at Pittsburgh. Had a really good win on the road in Minnesota, and then it just all fell apart after that. Since December third, they've only won one game, and that and that's 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 three months ago. Even the losses in December, though, are are oh yeah, Kansas, Seton Hall, Illinois. Those are all really good teams, tournament teams that that they're losing to in November and in December, I should say. And and some of those games are are competitive. You know, I think you could you could tell yourself that well, you know, Missouri's still kind of a mystery. We'll find out more about them when league play gets going, and the results have not been promising, Justin. 
They beat Central Arkansas on December 30th. Since then, they have not won a game. Uh, 0-16 in SEC play. Uh, they are on. They they finished the year at LSU after they play Auburn. They are on pace to be the first team to go winless in SEC play uh, since 2019 Vanderbilt, who went 0-18. Um, and made a coaching change. And made a coaching change. I don't... Th- I, you look at you look at this Missouri team and it's it's what really stands out is they haven't been able to shoot well this year. You know, last season, uh, they were one of the best shooting teams in the country. This year they're two hundred and fiftieth in shooting percentage or in three point percentage. Uh they do not rebound well. They are one of the worst teams in the country on the defensive end, and they foul a lot. Um, they have not been really good at drawing fouls or getting offensive rebounds, although they do hit their free throws when they do get them. Um, it's been a tough year. It's been a tough stage. This was a really experienced team. They brought back a lot of guys, Nick Honors, Sean East, um, added some others, but they have just not been able to put it all together this season at any point. And it's weird because you know who you're playing, right? And and we're recording this on Sunday. So this is before Bruce Pearl talks to us about this Missouri team. I can definitely see Bruce looking at this Missouri team and saying, well, look at what they did here. Look at what they did there. And to his point, let's recap, let's recap what they've done at home this year. Seven-point loss to Georgia. Overtime loss to South Carolina. Not bad at all. 12-point loss to Florida is not great. Seven-point loss to Arkansas at home. They got blown out by AM at home and Mississippi State. But then their last two home games, they led Tennessee for a good stretch of that game, and then Dalton Connect had to catch fire for Tennessee to pull that one out on the 20th. And then Saturday night, I kept an eye on this one during the Alabama-Tennessee game. Um, State, or sorry, Ole Miss got off to a good start and had to hang on in the second half. Missouri just kind of chipped away and chipped away. They ended up losing that game by six. Um, They give it up 80 in their last three games, they have 91 to Arkansas earlier this year, 93 to Alabama, 90 to Kentucky. It's not a great defense, not a great rebounding team at all. It, it's tough because it's like you don't want to sit here and say like they're incapable of competing with Auburn because they obviously are. But Dan, like this is one of those just it's one of the weirdest games we've ever had to preview because it's like this team should be a lot better than they are. And yet, here they are heading into the final week of the season and they haven't won an SEC game yet. And and things things seem to be getting worse for like I I don't know. I think it would be a mistake to move on from Dennis Gates this off season because it's just year two, but it's so tough to to come back from a season like this and show enough progress. Like how how much pressure is he under next year to to win if you throw up an zero and eighteen in league play and and keep your job? And I believe. Uh, Arizona just hired Missouri's AD in the last in the, in the last week or two as as well. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be there, there's going to be an, an administrative change at Missouri, and Dennis Gates will soon be working uh, for someone who did not hire him. A new athletic director is going to come in, and I imagine they will be less patient with the struggles of the men's basketball team. So this would be a big win for Dennis Gates to be able to sell that there is something better on the horizon and that this is a win that he could use to lure i mean transfer portal monday is coming in ju- in just a couple of weeks uh we're going to see a lot 
of activity this offseason in college basketball. I think it's just the new norm in men's college basketball, the number of mid-major players that want to make the jump up to the, the the major conference level and major conference player who players who may be uh, switching between teams. So uh, there, there's a chance that Missouri reshuffles the deck and adds the right pieces, and they're a lot better next year. You know, a win a win here would I think help sell the Missouri faithful that that everything is is on the right track despite a uh, a dreadful conference record uh, and. Dennis Gates, like I said, I imagine he's going to be under a lot of pressure next year if he holds on to this job. A, a win here would would help uh, alleviate some of that. On Kempom, they're 146. And I say that to say this. For a team that has lost a ton of games, they're still higher rated than Vanderbilt is, even though they lost to Vanderbilt. They're higher rated than the Georgia team that beat Auburn last year. Uh, they're higher rated than what LSU and South Carolina finished at last season. Um the Georgia team from two years ago that won a conference game. Like the record is horrible, and that's what you base a lot of this on, right? They should be a lot better. Like we said, they are dead last in luck in Kempom. And it's like they've played better than a team that's eight and twenty one and zero and sixteen in the league. They have played better than that this season. They just have not the results have not matched up with it. Um and I think that's the thing you gotta be wary about if you're Auburn. If you go on the road, take care of business. I, I want to see what Missouri does in this game. They haven't folded yet. It looked like they were folding kind of towards the middle of the year or the middle of SEC play when they were getting they were getting smacked around at home a couple times and they had lost probably their best chance to win all year against Vandy. Uh and they and they they couldn't hold off Arkansas and I think they gave up um so they gave up forty two to Cleef Battle uh, a couple weeks ago. But their last two home games, you know, gave Tennessee potential SEC champion quite a ride, and then uh, and then hung in there with Ole Miss all the way. I they're still fighting, and I think that's the thing they said that with Georgia, you know, a couple weeks ago is that they're still fighting. I think Georgia did not show a whole lot of fight last night against A and M. That might be waning, and you wonder how much of that fight's going to be hanging around for Missouri in this game, but. Again, this is a matchup that Auburn should really take care of. Um, when you play a team that does not rebound the ball very well and does not shoot the three very well, um, it's hard to come up with an upset if you can't either. If you can't do either of things, right? You can't be the physical team that you know uh, takes advantage of their opportunities, wins those hustle plays, those loose balls. They haven't done that as much this year, and they're not a team that catches fire from deep. They've had some decent games shooting from downtown, but we haven't seen that yet. So. Again, get any win, Dan, as 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 any by any means necessary on the road in the SEC. You absolutely have to do that. Whether Auburn wins by one or a hundred, they just need to do it. Uh, but um, you know this this game this game should be like some of the easier road games Auburn's played this year. I think of the Vandy game. I think of the Georgia game. They're kind of in, in that ballpark, and I guess Arkansas to an extent. Although I'm 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 still shocked at how bad Arkansas has been this year. And then they almost beat Kentucky yesterday. So what what do I know? Um, this league this league is just wild right now, and we're heading into the final week of the regular season. Like I said earlier, uh, Auburn is currently now. This is this is kind of like a Ken Palm T rank kind of composite look ahead. Well, Auburn has an 88% chance of winning at Missouri on Tuesday and a 92% chance of winning against Georgia on Saturday. 
That gives Auburn a 57% chance of getting the number three seed, a 20% chance of getting the four seed, and a 1% chance of getting the two seed. That'd be be quite something if they they had that all lined up. But you put it all together, 78% chance of getting a double buy in Nashville. We're heading down to the wire. Just take care of business, and things are going to work out for Auburn. And, and it was a little helpful yesterday that Florida lost to South Carolina. Yeah, there's six teams for four spots pretty much, right? And you assume Alabama and Tennessee uh, are are all but – maybe they have locked themselves into, uh, in, into the top four no matter what happens – this week. So then it becomes Auburn, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Florida battling for those other two spots. And uh yeah, and, and some of those teams play each other uh right before the before the season is over. I I think they're that some of those like South Carolina's got some tough games on the they play, uh, on the they play Tennessee. This. They play Tennessee this week for what is gonna possibly be essentially the SEC title game. Yeah, and a, and a big win for South Carolina against uh, against Florida uh to uh to to keep themselves in that position, I think I think that South South Carolina to me is the team, and I was cold on them before and after the Auburn game, but I, I have I have no idea what to make of South Carolina as a uh, as as a potential Cinderella or spoiler or whatever you want to call them uh, in the NCAA's. But they, I mean, it's they it's uh they are timely when they when they hit shots and they can uh, they can frustrate. They can frustrate good teams. Yeah, I mean, I, I was out on South Carolina after they lost. They lost to Auburn by forty, and then they lost to LSU a few days later at home. But then they they took care of business against Ole Miss. They won a really close game on the road at A and M, and then they just beat Florida at home. Tennessee at home, like they've already beaten Tennessee once. I think Tennessee's on a war path right now, but maybe. And then they got to finish in Starkville, which is going to be a tough tough finish for them. Um, but. As it stands right now, they are, you know, they're 12 and 4. They're tied with South Carolina. Oh, I'm sorry, they're tied with Alabama uh, at for number two in the league. If they beat Tennessee, it becomes this weird three. I don't know what happens there off of that, but Auburn's in a good position to p- finish 13 and 5. Um, Kentucky's the other team you have to worry about if you're Auburn uh, catching you. They have to play in Knoxville next Saturday in a game that could determine an outright title for, for Tennessee. They play Vanderbilt at home on, on Wednesday, which should be a win. Um, But, like, yeah, Kentucky got everything they wanted out of, out of Arkansas. Uh, and it's, it's, it's wild to me the amount of teams in this league. Like, I, this is why I... People may accuse me of bias for sure on this. This is why I buy Tennessee and Auburn as the top two teams in the league because it's balance. I've seen Auburn and Tennessee both play really good defensive games, right? Tennessee just did that to beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Alabama and Kentucky can drop 100 on you, but they could give up 100 just as easily. And I wonder how that's going to play in the tournament. I, Illinois has a similar has a similar rep heading into the year. I, I, just, I wonder how that's going to play in, in March. I know shot making is important. We just talked about the importance of being shooters at in the postseason, however, man, like you got to get stops at some point, and I'm not saying that Alabama is incapable of it. I'm saying Kentucky's incapable of it because they did a good job on Auburn a couple weeks ago. But it's just like it seems like some of these teams their their best bet on defense is well, maybe the other team doesn't hit shots. Maybe that maybe they won't hit open shots. Bama does not 
defend like a team that makes a Final Four run. And that's not to say they can't make a Final Four run, but when you look at sort of common threads from Final Four teams over the last 10 years, over the last 15 years, even the best offenses that have been able to go to the Final Four, they've usually put more defense on the floor than Alabama. For Kentucky, it's tough because I've seen them play very well defensively against really good teams, including Auburn. So there's there, there's a belief that they can, you know, it's that, it's that skill ownership thing where, where Kentucky has shown the ability to play well defensively against elite teams in college basketball, and they've done it away from home. It's just they've also had performances where teams that aren't among the elite in college basketball were able to score in big numbers against Kentucky. I I, I do think deep down Kentucky has the horses, right? So so I, I could see myself with, with Alabama – I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I, I, I'm going to be kind of suspicious of, of how deep they can go in the tournament, depending on the matchups in front of them in the bracket. But I, you know, I, I think that teams, teams that can, you know, th- there, there could be teams that give Alabama trouble, uh, you know, with, with, do, do you feel strongly about Florida or South Carolina, or I guess Mississippi state, since they would be the other SEC teams slated to make the NCAA tournament. Ole Miss and Ole Miss and A and M, I think at the moment are on the wrong side of the bubble over it's the a way big they week. played. Yeah, over the way they played lately. State, this is a miss. You know, this week's kind of a missed opportunity for State because they didn't beat Kentucky, they didn't beat Auburn. They're still in the NCAA tournament, but they could have played their way out of the eight nine seed yeah, range yeah. and 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 really re- really improve their resume. Didn't do that because they they didn't win either game. Of the other teams, like Florida, I really like Florida. Um, you know, they've got they've got balance. When their defense steps up, it is really good. They've got great shot makers. They got great size. State's the other one where it says like they're a much better defensive team than they're on offense. But they've got to lose Smith and Josh Hubbard. You feel like they could get kind of crazy. When you look at this week, we talked about it for Auburn. You know, Auburn fans, you want to hope that State and Ole Miss sweep this week, help their net rankings out, potentially knock you into quad one territory. If you're, uh, if you're Auburn and, and and if if you're Auburn looking to pick up those two games, uh, Ole Miss plays at Georgia, which looks a little easier than it than it might have done a couple of weeks ago, and then they finish the year at home against Texas A and M for a team kind of fighting on the bubble. It's definitely possible you could see Ole Miss. I mean, pull that off. State on the other hand plays at Texas A and M and then host South Carolina. It'll be a little bit tougher there, but Auburn fans, I mean. You have your marching orders this week. You are anti Texas A and M. You want them to go zero and two this week, and you want uh, you want Ole Miss to sweep, and you want Mississippi State to sweep if you can, and then you head into Nashville with a couple more potentially a couple more quad one wins in your pocket to help you out for 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 tournament seating uh, possibilities. But in the big picture, when it comes to getting a double buy, when it comes to you know potentially being a top four seed in the NCAA tournament, we just got to take care of business. That starts Tuesday night at. Missouri and so it's gonna be wild before we go uh I just want to talk about this game uh a little bit more Alabama Tennessee much like Auburn Tennessee I thought lived up to the hype painter I was I was really impressed with Tennessee's ability to come back and and win that game because it kind of felt like everything was going Alabama's way they had that huge run to close the first half and then they were ahead, 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 and then Tennessee just decided to just clamp clamp it down, and that's really tough to do in 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 uh, in Coleman. Yeah, I I 
figured that that game was more or less a toss up. And so you, you give it to the home team. Very impressive by Tennessee. And the fact that they won like that without Kinnett going crazy is, is great. Now he had some shots and he had some, he had some plays down the stretch, but like this was not a game. He was nowhere near what he did against Auburn or some of the other teams we've seen this year. And I think that's Tennessee's a really, really good team. And so is Alabama. And so is Auburn, but they are far from a one man show. And I think they showed that on, 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 on Saturday night. No, Tennessee was excellent last season and had, had teams, you know, had, had a lot of those, those players back. Uh, and, and added Dalton Connect to that group, and and yeah, to go win, to go win in Coleman without Dalton Connect having uh, a sensational game, uh, to to need other players to step up. That's yeah, a championship caliber win uh, for Tennessee, and not not just uh, that that they might, you know, it's going to go a long way towards winning them the regular season title if they win the regular season title again. But it's the kind of win that that you look you look at a team and you think that's that that's that is. That's the kind of moxie you need to make a Final Four run, and I don't know. You know, I don't know who's going to be in the. I know Tennessee's also in that. I was I was talking about Auburn's Final Four odds earlier in the in the in the show, and and Tennessee is ahead of Auburn. You know, they're they're, they're oh, yeah. fifth. I think fifth or sixth. In, I think Tennessee's a one seed, and I think Tennessee's probably going to be your champ, your your champion, maybe your outright champion in the league this year. Yeah, and and I think if the bracket. The bracket were in front of me right now. Like if I had to take Joe Lenardi's bracket or or Jerry Palm's bracket and and fill it out like like it were the actual NCAA tournament field, I might have Tennessee winning it all right now. Like they they would be yeah. they they would be in conversation with you know I like UConn. UConn. Yeah, I like UConn a lot. Um I th- I think I think there's I think Carolina's super dangerous uh, oh, yeah. if if they, if they if if they get everything rolling. Uh but but I would I would I would look long and hard at Tennessee as a uh, as as a potential national champion this year. Also, to wrap it up, if you haven't seen it yet, go look it up. Panner, I just have to ask your opinion on this: the Western Michigan Ball State ending. We gotta, we gotta, we we gotta throw that into the playbook. If I'm if I'm coaching a basketball team, hey, just do the just do the heave that gets past everybody. Like it's. I think Stephen Godfrey tweeted is he's like, he just got behind the safety like it is the most like busted coverage play I've ever seen in basketball. It's just, I, I it looks like it. that. It's look, it looks like that play that the Ravens used to beat Peyton Manning and the Broncos. Oh yeah, a, a decade ago, right where the where the guy gets the guy gets <laughs> behind the safety. It's that that play you never see where it's like oh okay well, well you know he's he's throwing up at the safety oh no like, <laughs> yeah exactly. I, and I love it because, like, those are two teams that have nothing going on, you know, in terms of NCAA tournament uh, chances. But, like, yeah, who knows? <laughs> They're still going nuts at the end of the year. Conference tournaments start this week. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, my brother was watching, um, oh, who was it? It was Lipscomb and Eastern Kentucky the other night. And it was like a war out there and it was like battling for seeds and so it's a really really fun time of year as i tweeted on on saturday night youtube multi-view is going to get a whole lot of work here this week with with the conference tournaments coming up march madness it's a whole lot of fun i hope you join us uh every step of the way we'll talk about the auburn stuff but obviously there's a lot of other stuff we can discuss as well we'll bring back the uh the tournament challenge by the way we'll bring back another bracket challenge for the observer of course but 
I'm just excited. It's the best time of year. And uh, and Auburn's in a pretty good spot as they head into the final week of the SEC regular season. That's going to do it for us. Appreciate everybody listening. Once again, subscribe to The Observer. $6 a month, $6 a year. It's a perfect time to sign up. Um, we will have a ton of basketball this week with football out on spring break. Uh, I'll be heading to Missouri uh, later this week. We will be back uh, probably Friday with our preview podcast for the Georgia game. And uh, yeah, hope you guys will join us then. Uh, if you're a subscriber, that'll do it for me. Painter, final thoughts. Dan, if you're going to sail around the world, what is the name of your boat? Ooh. It's a good question, Painter. That's a that's a that's a I I have, the, the blockbuster. I've never I've never thought about this uh before. I don't know. So I don't I don't want to give like a I don't want to give a lame answer. Justin, do you have a good answer for uh, what you're where you're Oh, not for boat? me. I thought uh, your boat is going to be the blockbuster. Sure. Oh, that's a, that's 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 up there. What's what's your, what's your boat called, Justin? Will I think of a good answer? I don't know, man. Like I I, I don't know what's a good boat name, you know? Painter, do you have one? I don't. I ask the questions around here.